0: You give life, you are love, you bring light into darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart.
1: Good morning, marketplace. It is wonderful to be before you again on this Sunday morning. Always, always grateful to have the opportunity to be here to to stand to minister to the word of the Lord today. As we go further, as we continue in our series on the power of the gospel, go ahead, get your Bibles out, get your notebooks. Let's get some virtual house church going. Go ahead and begin to share this video with your friends and your family. Go ahead and all the social media that you are on. We want to make sure that we are making Jesus the most famous name on earth. So again, gather around, get your families so that we can enter into the word of the Lord together. This is uh, part four. Uh, I continue the series on both Sundays and Wednesdays. So if you haven't had the opportunity to hear those other parts of the series, I encourage you to go back and do so. But part four of our series on the power of the gospel. And as we continue this series, let's be clear that we're now in between the moment on our calendars between the resurrection and Pentecost. We're in between this moment and we're studying and we're looking at the very things that the Lord did between these two very pivotal moments uh, that are very much a part of the gospel. And we understand that the gospel does not end with the resurrection. The gospel does not end with the ascension. But after that, the Lord said he would send a comforter and his name is the Holy Spirit. And we see that comforter come on the day of Pentecost, which we are definitely on our way to. I'm looking forward to celebrating uh, Pentecost with you. Um, Hopefully by that time, we'll be back in our buildings, but even if we are not, even if for some reason we are not gathered together, trust me when I tell you that the Holy Ghost does not need a building to fall. (laughs) The Holy Ghost does not need a building to fall. So today, uh, let's revisit a couple of things that we talked about on Wednesday. There are three main things that the Lord did three main things get your notebooks let's let's go go to work here three main things that the Lord did in between the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit number one he gave orders to the disciples number two he presented himself alive and finally number three he spoke concerning the kingdom of God I'll do it again number one he gave orders to the disciples. Number two, he presented himself alive. And then number three, he spoke concerning the kingdom of God. It's that first one that I have been really focusing our attention on. Um, and it's that first item where it talks about that he gave orders to the disciples. He gave orders to the disciples. And those orders really can be divided into three main things categories. He gave them the order to teach, to tarry, and to testify. To teach, to tarry, and to testify. Now, let me be clear. I am... Uh, just overwhelmed by many of you on social media who have been sharing your testimonies. The scripture definitely says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I have read through many of the testimonies that you have shared and these testimonies when we share them, they are moments where the gospel is going out into the earth. They are moments where we are literally being the hands and feet of Jesus, where we are are showing the world just how good the Lord is. Today, I want to take another step in our understanding because please write this down. Discipleship is the goal. Write that down. Discipleship is the goal because the bottom line is the Lord's desire, his first thing when he told them to teach, the first thing that he was trying to do is he is trying to create Disciples. When he told them to tarry, he wanted the Holy Spirit to fall upon and be available to disciples. And when he told them to testify, that command was given to disciples. So let us be clear discipleship is the goal. And we have to be honest with ourselves about whether or not we are truly. Disciples. If you are uh, making yourself some notes, some things I would ask you to ponder, or one thing in particular I would ask you to ponder during this week, as I go through this message, I'm going to challenge us, am I a disciple? And, and, and And if we don't understand how vital this is, go to Matthew 28. And I've dealt with this scripture several times, but go ahead and go to Matthew 28, verse 19. I'm just going to read two verses, Matthew 28, verse 19. 19 and 20, go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Go therefore, verse 19, make disciples, make disciples. That's what he told them to do. It was right there in that first verse. Command to teach. He says, Listen, what I need you to do. I need you to go and make disciples. That was the instruction. And to make a disciple, as I said on Wednesday, disciples are made through immersion. Immersion into the character of the Father, the character of the Son, and the character of the Holy Spirit. Now, if we want to really get down to the root of this, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? A disciple really has three distinct characteristics. They're a believer, they're a follower, and they're a student. They're a believer, they are a follower, and they are a student. If I'm a disciple, I must be a believer, I must be a follower, and I must be a student. Why is this vital? Let's go back to the verse that we started, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter one. Watch this. Verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness or the character or the right standing of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. So in the gospel, the character or the way of doing things, the right standing of God is made evident. It is revealed. So if the character of God is evident in the gospel, And our job is to go make disciples by immersing them into the character. Then it would seem to me that when we minister, when we teach, when we preach the gospel, we are doing work to immerse people into God's character. And the result of that immersion should be discipleship. Again, discipleship is the goal. Now, let's go one more step because all of this should be recapped. When we fail, however, to immerse people into the character of God, we're not only failing to fulfill the Great Commission, but we're also not doing what God God designed us to do by making people look like him. Now, to be honest, as we are at home, as we many are Uh, really excited about the stay at home order being lifted. Uh, Some are just trying to hurry and let's hurry and get back to the way things were. Let me be clear about a, a couple of things. Things are not going back to the way they were. If during this time, God has not said some things, changed some things, moved some things around in you that are irrevocable. You're not ready to come out the house. There should be some things that have changed in you that should not go back. Things for the better. Literally, you should be better coming out of the house than you were going in the house. And and, and to be honest, the more I look at it, the more that I watch the response of my fellow clergy and my my peers, the more I look at so many things going around, uh, so much going on in the body of Christ. I really think that we may need to evaluate if we ever really wanted to make disciples. We may want to evaluate if discipleship was really what we were trying to do. We we, we need to really be honest with ourselves. Were we just trying to make members or were we trying to make believers, followers and students of Jesus Christ? Furthermore, we need to ask even among those quote-unquote disciple-making churches, those churches who seem to do a good job of discipleship, are they making disciples of Jesus or are they making discipleship, disciples of uh, leaders or organizations? In other other words, am I a believer of Christ or am I a believer in my church? Am I a believer of Christ or am I a believer of my organization? Am I a follower of Jesus or am I a follower of my church? Am I a follower of Jesus or am I a follower of my denomination? Am I a a student of Jesus Or am I a student of the techniques and the tools of my church? Am I a student of Jesus or am I a student of the techniques, the tools and the history of my denomination? Let's be clear. Have we been making disciples? Because discipleship is the goal. Now, let me go one step backwards, just a second. If we had really been making disciples, I believe, you know, a tree by its fruit. And some of the behavior that I am seeing from people is not the behavior of disciples. It's the behavior of carnality. It is the behavior of people who have not had a real legitimate relationship with Jesus, but they have an absolutely legitimate relationship with their organizations and with their buildings. Glory to God. Let me ask you three questions. Let me ask you three questions as a test, as a test of our current. Discipleship. Be honest. Tell yourself, be honest. Let me ask you three questions as a test of our current discipleship. Question number one Do I believe Jesus and believe like Jesus? Write that down. Do I believe Jesus and believe like Jesus? Do I believe Jesus and believe like that? That's that's a very key question. Do I believe Jesus? Do I believe what Jesus says? By his stripes we are healed. The works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these. Do you believe Jesus? Watch this. And do you believe like Jesus? In other words, do you respond to circumstances and situations in the same manner that Jesus himself would respond to circumstances and situations? Hold on, preacher. I'm not Jesus. Well, according to Genesis, we were made in God's image and after his likeness. And like I just quoted a second. A second ago, the works that I do This is what Jesus said You shall do also uh And greater works than these So we must first ask myself the question Do I believe Jesus? And do I believe like Jesus. Um, well, well, you know, this is 2020 and things are different now. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus is not surprised by any of this. He says, I am the same yesterday, today and forever. I am the Lord. I change not. I'm Alpha Omega beginning, the end, the first, the last. Do you believe Jesus and do you believe like Jesus? Now, the, the counterpoint to that is I believe what I quote or I quote Jesus and I, and I quote the things that Jesus said and did, but I don't really believe them. In other words, I don't believe Jesus. I don't believe like Jesus, but I quote Jesus and I quote what Jesus did. It's, I know a lot of people who know a lot of scriptures that don't live them. I said I know a lot of people who know a lot of scripture, and they don't live it. They don't believe it. They don't walk it. They don't embody it. And and, and let me let me let me make this real focused statement. God is calling for disciples. We need disciples to raise up, to teach, to tarry and to testify. We need disciples to raise up to be visible representations of the gospel. We need disciples to believe Jesus and believe like Jesus. We need disciples that if Jesus said it, that it is embedded in us and we need disciples who are going to walk as if what Jesus said is yes and amen. You need to believe the word of the Lord, not just be a quoter, but a believer. Number two. Number two, second question I need you to ask yourself: Do I follow Jesus or do I just follow those who follow Jesus? I'll do it again. Do I follow Jesus? Or do I just follow those who say they follow Jesus? One more time. Do I follow Jesus or do I just follow those who say they follow Jesus? It is one thing to be, watch this, a believer of Jesus and a believer of what Jesus taught. There's another thing to be a follower of of Jesus as opposed to just a follower of those who say they're following Jesus many of us are followers of personalities but we're not followers of Jesus himself man that blessed me many of us are followers of personalities and not followers of Jesus himself as a matter of fact let me be clear Many of us, who are, even those of you who are listening to me right now, many of us could not handle being a member of the church that Jesus passed through. Oh, no, 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 no because when Jesus would start saying things like the son of man has nowhere to lay his head Uh, when Jesus starts saying things like let the dead go bury the dead when Jesus starts saying to Peter walk out on the water you know we would be even more questioning than we try to look down our nose upon some of those characters in the scripture truth be told we wouldn't go where Jesus went we wouldn't do what Jesus did come on now if many of us saw a man who walked up to us that did not have all of the trappings of a superstar if many of us was to see a man walk into our lives and he was not uh, looking as if Jesus had blessed him real good then we wouldn't follow that particular leader one person told me one time nobody's gonna follow you if you don't look like the Lord has been blessing you real good and what they were really saying is if I did not have the tangible things if I didn't drive and dress and look as if the Lord had been blessing me then nobody would follow me but wait a minute what about John the Baptist the very one who was to prepare the way of the Lord the very one who was in the wilderness and who was eating locusts and wild honey I I don't think that many of us would have even been prepared because we wouldn't have followed somebody who didn't have the look in today's day and age we are looking for people who drive nice but might not live nice We're looking for people who dress nice but might not live nice. We're looking for people who have the look but not the power. And God is raising up and he is looking for disciples. People who are not just trying to dress up nasty. People who are not just trying to dress up that whole uh, heart that is not right. But God is looking for disciples. Discipleship is the goal. He does not just want somebody who believes it but he also wants somebody who follows it. You got to have a whole level of works that go along with your faith God is looking for disciples and here it is watch this in today's day and age now all of a sudden how nice and how beautiful and how well adorned your building is doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything. The greatness of your choir doesn't mean anything. How great your musicians are doesn't mean anything. Because here it is now, all of a sudden, what really matters is when we are connecting people to our Lord and Savior, the the one and only Jesus, the Christ, the one who was and is and is to come. What matters right now is whether or not we can get people in real and legitimate relationships with Jesus. Discipleship Is the goal And it is the gospel that will get us there No other techniques No other schemes No other tools We have to raise up and be disciples But also be disciple making disciples We ought to be embodying Embodying rather The character of disciples And then we gotta go make disciples Let me say one more thing before I move forward Some of us have spent more time Sharing things That benefit nobody Then we have sharing things that would bring people closer into the kingdom. I ask all of you who are listening to me right now, evaluate what you have done when you had time to do something different. Evaluate what you have done when you have had time to do something different. Third time, evaluate what you have done when you have had time to do something different. God is looking for disciples. Discipleship is the goal. So I'll go back to my questions. Question number one was, do I believe Jesus and believe like Jesus? Question number two was, do I follow Jesus or do I just follow those who say they're following Jesus? Here's question number three. Do I study Jesus or am I a student of trend and culture. One more time. Do I study Jesus or am I a student of trend and culture? In today's day and age, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I a student of Jesus or am I a student of the trends? Am I a student of the culture? Are we ministering a word or a false gospel that only tickles the ears of culture? Are we ministering a false gospel that is only interested in being relevant and not revelatory? Are we only ministering a false gospel that is only interested in trying to make sure that we are attractive instead of change agents? Let me tell you something. Jesus was not interested in simply Being attractive He was not interested In in, in entertaining anybody Jesus was interested in changing people Romans 12 says We are to be transformed By the renewing or the renovation Of our mind But unfortunately what's happening right now Is we have people who are Students of culture And students of trend So our churches are culturally relevant And trendy but not powerful Our, Our churches are Culturally relevant and trendy, but no change. Our, our churches are culturally relevant and trendy, but no deliverance. And God is asking for disciples to raise up and not just be students of the culture students of the trend don't just don't just study oh man this is the new hype this is this is what's great this is what's new this is what's in this is what's hip no 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 no. let me tell you something one of the things that some of us have had to learn about this season is how to get back to some of those lessons that we walked away from Mm -hmm. See many of us Had become spoiled with some Of this modernity that we Now no longer have access to You know you could go and you could Order and they would bring it to you Or you could go out to eat or you could uh, Just have stuff to you in a day Simple pleasures that We had grown accustomed to and Now all of a sudden many of us had to figure out I need to cook I need to Figure out what it means to take care And let me even go a step further Some of us right now are very uneasy because we don't like to sit down. We are really struggling with the Silence That is all around us right now We're struggling We're so busy We're so used to being busy That we cannot handle The truth that comes During moments of downtime And God is trying to get us together He's trying to really get disciples To come out of the body He wants the remnant to rise He wants disciples to come forward And he wants us to teach To tarry To testify He wants us to be believers He wants us to be friends. Followers, and he wants us to be students. Are y'all following me? So my questions again, do I believe Jesus and believe like Jesus? Question number two, do I follow Jesus or do I just follow those who say they follow Jesus? And then question number three, do I study Jesus or am I only a student of trend and culture? Please understand this. The gospel is the textbook and the fuel for those who are serious about being disciples. The gospel is the textbook and the fuel for those who are serious about being disciples. If you're serious about being a believer and a follower and a student of Jesus, then you have to embody the gospel. The good news. The sound of victory as we talked about a few weeks ago. The sound of victory ought to be on your lips if you're serious about being a disciple. I mean the sound of victory ought to be coming out of your mouth every time somebody is down in your house. Disciples are the ones who sound the sound of victory. Disciples are the ones who are the first ones to say listen God got it. Disciples are the ones who are the ones who are willing to say he got up just like he said he would. Disciples are the ones who dig in when things get hard. Disciples are the ones who keep their minds stayed on thee. Disciples are the ones who continue to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that their labor is not in vain in the Lord. And in order for you to be a disciple, the gospel must be your textbook and your fuel. you got to continually feed as Psalms 1 says. you got to meditate on it day and night. You have to get that thing in you so that it can be as The scripture says like honey in your mouth The gospel ought to be that thing That wakes you up and carries you through your day The gospel has to be that thing And when bad reports come You're able to lean on the gospel Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ And say that Jesus has never failed God is looking for disciples To have a mouth full of the gospel But are you a disciple? Are you really a disciple? This is what's being really made evident in this season. Because some of us miss church, we don't miss Jesus. Hey, some of us miss church, but we don't miss Jesus. What do you mean? See, that's the thing, Bishop. You know, I still got a relationship with Jesus. Wait a minute. Some of us, while you were in church, were still in sin. You were far from Jesus then, but you did not have the longing then that you have now. Let me slow down. Some of us, when you were going to church every Sunday, every Wednesday and any other time you were involved in your church, you were deeply uh connected to your church you loved your church and all of that but when your life was in shambles and you knew you were living open unconfessed unrepentant sin you had absolutely no issue with your disconnection from jesus but now that you're not in church some of us are fiending for church now i understand the camaraderie i understand the unity of the body of believers i am with it as i've said before i can't wait to get back and to hug you and to to to, to be with you and to work with you but let us really be honest it's like the old saying says some of us are interested in heaven but we don't care if Jesus is going to be there and just like now some of us are hungry to go back to church but we really don't care if Jesus is there or not I'm asking disciples to really make a decision make a decision for Jesus and then when you step back in the building we ain't got to pump you to give God praise make a decision for Jesus and then when you get back in the building you don't need no music you don't need and need a sermon? You will enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Make a decision for Jesus. Be a disciple. You're such a student. You're such a follower of Jesus the Christ that when you come in, your hands are already lifted up. Your mouth is already filled with praise. God is asking for disciples to raise up. That's the key. Discipleship is the goal. Now, let me say this. Let me say this, and I and I and I may stop here. I got two more points, but I only I may only make one discipleship is the goal. Write this down. A key test, a key test of our discipleship is our character towards others. A key test of our discipleship is our character towards others, how we handle others is a key test of our discipleship. Go to John chapter 13. You guys know this text. John chapter 13. And I'm going to read just two verses. I think the Lord's going to stop me here. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I'm going to read two verses. Let's start at verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another Even As I have loved you Yes Lord That you also love One another By this By this By the loving of one another By the loving Of one another glory. By the loving of one another All men will know That you are my disciples. If you have love. For one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples. That you are. My followers. That you believe in me. That you are students of me. How will they know that? By how you treat each other. I really want y'all to hear that. I hear you God. God is really. Wanted me to stay right here on this point. I think I'm going to be through, actually. This is how you validate your discipleship. We've gone through the questions. We've looked at the text. How are you treating others right now? I'm treating everybody fine. No, 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 no. Some of you went into quarantine with a grudge. I hear you, Lord, that you can't come out of quarantine with. Some of you went into quarantine with unforgiveness that God is saying you can't come out of it with. But they no, 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 no. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. I hear you, Lord. See, right now, some of us are are, are justifying how we treat others by how they have treated us. But how I treat others validates. My connectivity to the Lord, not my connectivity to them. This is about me and Jesus. This is about me and my relationship with him. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. That's what the Lord is saying. People will, watch this, understand and validate and clarify our relationship with the Lord based upon how we treat his people Because whether or not we like them or not We don't know what God is doing in their life We don't know what God is doing on their behalf Well can't I just be done with them Is God done with you Can't I just write them off Did God write us off Come on y'all let us stop being immature Let us rise up to the level of maturity And let us not get amnesia About how good God has been to us Come on up out of that Come out of that carnal weak And, and, and fickle mentality That we are so ready and so quick To always write people off No, disciples arise Disciples be mature Disciples come on and love each other As Christ loved you Don't forget how God reached down and got you Don't forget how God never left you Don't forget how patient God has been with you Come on now, buy this If we are going to live And operate in the power Of the gospel God wants us as believers As followers, as students Of Jesus Christ to live like this Some of us right now Nastier now than we were going in Earlier today I was thinking through The whole exodus out of Egypt And I was saying Lord I don't get it I don't don't get how they could literally Be delivered from so much And yet complain How can they be delivered from so much and yet still have a problem with the deliverer? And I heard the Lord say, oh, here's the issue. They had a problem with the deliverer because the deliverer didn't come in the package that they thought it should. Moses didn't have all the accoutrements. He didn't talk right. He wasn't as eloquent, but that's who God sent. Please do not overlook your deliverance because your deliverance doesn't look the way you want it to look. And do not become bitter in the wilderness because the wilderness takes as long as necessary for you to work bitterness out of you. Don't become angry in the bitterness. Don't let that stuff fester in you. Come on, disciples, rise up by this will all men know. That's my call to action for you. My call to action for everybody who's listening to me right now is, all right, all right, first, first, you said that we had to teach, we had to tarry, we had to testify, we're talking about the power of the gospel, we got immersion, okay, you're giving us a lot. No, 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 too much is given, much is required. There's a lot that God is calling up and he's trying to get us back right. And let me tell you something, as a leader in this community, I do not want us to go back in our buildings up in the same condition that we came out of them in. Our church marketplace right now is undergoing some renovation. The sanctuary will look completely different than the way it did when we went back in. Here's my challenge. When you go back into our church, your church, wherever your church is, did you renovate your sanctuary? Are you going to be completely transformed when you go back in? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be transformed through with people. No, 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 no. By this will all men know. Love. I love him. I just don't deal with him. You can't find that in Jesus. Jesus dealt with you when you didn't even want to be bothered with him. Jesus dealt with Judas knowing that Judas would betray him. Jesus dealt with Peter, knowing that Peter would deny him. Jesus dealt with Thomas, knowing that Thomas wouldn't believe in him. Jesus dealt with us when we had our back turned to him. I am asking for you to be a believer, a follower, a student, the visible representation of Christ in the earth. Disciples, rise up. Be what God has called us to be. That is our, that is our charge. This is where we are. That is my challenge. I'm going to pray for you. And as I pray for you, if there is anybody who is listening to me, who's like, you know what? My relationship with the Lord is not where it needs to be. I'm going to ask you to reach out. You make contact with us. So we can walk you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not even about, this moment is not about you becoming a member of Marketplace. It's about you connecting to Jesus. Discipleship takes work. It's a journey. And unfortunately, for the leaders who are listening to me, maybe other pastors who are listening to me, don't discount discipleship. And let me be clear, discipleship. Is qualitative, not quantitative. Discipleship is qualitative, not quantitative. This is why oftentimes it's not our focus. I would rather have a few disciples than a whole lot of people who are faking it. Let us push for discipleship. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, You've heard our request. We want to rise and be disciples. We want to be believers. We want to be followers. We want to be students. Lord, if there's anybody listening to me that does not know you, give them the strength to reach out, to build a relationship with you, that they may come to know that there is none like you in all the earth. Touch their heart right now, even in their homes. Touch their heart wherever they are, maybe on their job. That they would feel your presence and make a decision for you. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. If any of you have been listening to me, if you decide that you would like to give, uh, we're going to give you instruction to do so. You can do so at our website, TheMarketplaceMovement.com. We have a giving tab there. I've been informed that for some of you, Cash App has been giving you some trouble. So please just do not use Cash App at this time. Do not use Cash App for your giving. It has been rejecting uh, gifts. So please do not use Cash App. Go to our website. Uh, go to GiveLify. You can find our church there on GiveLify. Some of you have mailed in your gifts uh, to the church. Uh, bless you for that. And and, and please, uh, during this time, wherever. Is your home, whatever is your home church Continue to send your your tithing, your gifts, your giving uh, there Continue to send it there That that church may be blessed That they may sustain, amen That they may sustain many of you Even those of you who are not members of the marketplace Have been generous, even in your giving to us God bless you, thank you for that um, and, and just continue to pray for us As we navigate this season that we are in I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for your encouragement that you have sent. Uh, I'm going to be teaching again tomorrow, so I'll put information about that on our social media site. I'm looking forward to teaching tomorrow evening uh, to see some of you in that interactive. It will be an interactive small group session, so I'm looking forward to that time. God bless you again. I hope to see you soon.